And we're back, and you are listening to Villain Cast BJJ Antiheroes with myself, Chris the Villain Pains, and Nake El Hefe Arshed. And welcome to Reap the Week. Uh, firstly, a thank you to our sponsors, the lovely patrons on Patreon. Thank you for believing in this work, and if you'd like to learn more about supporting this channel along with receiving exclusive content such as technique breakdowns along with personal coaching, you can find out more via chrispainsbjj.com. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we did this. Um, what's up, Nack? How's it going, man? You good? <laughs> Dude, it feels like forever. I know, ever. I was going to say the same thing. It's been too long, man. Uh, well, no, not. it's been ages since we did this, but also it's been ages. Uh feels like ages since we were in Amsterdam. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it just feels so long ago. So, so just so uh, everyone's aware of what's what's been happening, then. So, um, when was it we went to Amsterdam? Like the twenty sixth, twenty seventh of May, or something. I think, I think that's when we came out. Twenty second till the twenty sixth, something like that. It was. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it was. So around about the twenty second. So yeah, we went out to Naki and I went out to Amsterdam to the uh, Whoopass camp run by uh, uh, Raoul. Um, it's a. He used to run the Tenth Planet um, camps annually in uh, Amsterdam, and now he's moved over to these Wupas camps. And the the general idea of the Wupas camp is, um, people who have whooped his ass in the past, he gets them in to do like a, a week long or weekend long camp. Um, and yeah, he always he always manages to land some some decent names yeah. alongside people like me um and uh yeah it was um uh, i didn't like, manage oh, to stay the entire time did you roll shizinski he had a no a he, Shiz- he wasn't rolling much uh, he did have one like half a roll with uh, raul um but he wasn't rolling much because obviously he had his polaris championship fight didn't he yeah of course i imagine he didn't want to get injured like literally yeah. before the fight that'd be a bit dumb wouldn't it yeah which was a good victory for him in the end as well yeah, I saw the uh, I saw the 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 submission earlier, and I he I don't know what the, the fuck he did. He just oh, he's blew a wizard, his man. fucking foot apart. Yeah, he's a was wizard. it like uh, watching him rolling against Raúl? Uh, oh, it was just two snipers going at each other, but he just beat him to you know when they usually have this saying in boxing where you beat someone to the punch. He just kept yeah. beating Raúl to the punch every time, and it was like, damn man, because he was just so smooth the way he moves and everything. And people just think he think he's a you know he's got he's known for the shotgun and stuff the shotgun grip and his ankle locks, but he's got a really good like uh, attack upper body and lower body attack game where he mixes up quite well. Um, yeah, yeah, and his leg lock entries are smooth. Well, that's the thing. Like, uh, so I rolled with Raúl as well at, at the camp, and I did uh, for anyone who's on Patreon, uh, blue belt and up. There is well, not blue belt rank, but as in uh, membership. Uh, there is a breakdown of a role I had with Raul on there. Um, so I I very much respect Raul's leg locks. Um, and so I, I don't go in with any open knees whatsoever because he is he's very slick of his entries off the bottom and he's very good at latching on. Uh, so there was no way I was going to give him any opportunity for my leg. So to imagine that those two were just sniping each other must be insane. Yeah, it was a good role. Um... It was a good camp. Like I said, there was a good couple of black butts there. Tom Menham, uh from Preet's Gym in Estonia. Uh, I watched you two have a war with each other. Yeah, we had a good role. We had a good role. We had a good for a few roles, actually, over the few days we were there. Yeah. I think, I think uh, me and Tom got on quite well, and uh, we rode on the last camps as well. We've got a good relationship where we cancel each other's styles out a little bit, so we try to help each other as much as we can. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think we've got a good relationship in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was it was a it was a clean role. Uh, as I don't like uh, necessarily talking too much about roles, um, yeah. you know, because it's never competition and it's it's weird yeah. otherwise. Um, but yeah, so we did a, a class together um, talking about we did four hours, didn't we? Overall, yeah. <laughs> I, I was amazed that we uh, we made it flow the way as well as we did, and uh, talking about this whole idea of standing up, which has been like the big. Um, thing recently uh it was actually interesting so uh, i went to i've obviously you know since uh since we did the camp then um 
you came home uh and were ill by the sounds of things pretty ill yeah 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 um and i i had two days and i flew out to um maine to oakland just it's about an hour north of portland in maine uh north northeast usa uh, i was at the globetrotters camp and you know i've been doing these things now for 10 years and this was the craziest camp because they had i think it was 40 black belts there yeah but i want to hear about all these uh, repeatedly wrestling things whatever you guys are doing <laughs> dude so i think there was more black belts at this camp than white belts wow I know. I think those. I I think between black belts and brown belts, there were more black belts and brown belts than blue belts and white belts. Um, wow. And I think there was about 150 odd people at the camp, and 40 of them were black belts. Mm. So absolutely nuts! Like the level of people to to roll with on a daily basis. Um, it was interesting uh, talking to. The, I rolled with one guy, very cool guy named Chris. A uh, very very tough role, jacked. Uh, he's a black belt out of uh, Texas, Austin, mm. um, and he was like he he trained pre uh, Danaher B team invasion and like rolling with him. It was it was interesting like hearing his feedback because he trains with this with those guys and his his game is based off you know there's large portions of his game based off what he's learned of like Tonin and etc. I think he said his claim to fame was him getting smoked in the gi by Gordon Ryan okay. um, in, in, a, in a sparring video. Um, but rolling with him, like it was, it was really interesting because the feedback he gave me afterwards was um, having to deal with the defensive postures. And anytime, like he he took the, the the gas off, I just got up. He was like, "This is exhausting having to deal with." And I was like, "That's nice to hear." Yeah. I mean, we, we we had a really like we rolled a while, and it was it was pretty even to be fair. Like we had a really good good game with each other, um, and so I, I highly recommend. Uh, well, I forgot his surname, but he's mm. definitely a cool guy. So anyone down in Austin, like if you know Chris from that area, <laughs> Tom Moore or something like Jeff and check him out. But yeah, so the week at the Globetrotters, it started off. <laughs> I haven't spoken to you, have I? Um, nope. So. Uh, because it's a, a um, it's a summer camp for kids kind of place, and it's like the first booking of the year is usually globetrotters. So the first thing we do is pretty much clean the spiders out of the place. I didn't realize. I don't know how true this is, but I heard it whilst at the camp. But to send your kid there for like three weeks is like eight and a half thousand dollars. What, dude? Um, amazing. If. Uh, I don't know how American culture works and, and sending kids to these things. Um, but, dude, it was like... So we were staying in cabins. And for the majority of the time there, it was, you know, summer camp. It's, uh, you know, the cabins aren't heated. Um, and it was fine. And we had blanket, you know, like a, a fleece blanket. But then the last two days, the temperature just dropped, like, to, to a few degrees above freezing. Wow. And... Yeah, we couldn't sleep properly those nights. It was just too cold overnight. Um, like, I, like I think the last night was like the coldest night, and you know there were, there were people leaving, you know, throughout the night to go home. And at some points, I was looking at the, across the empty beds, thinking, "I'm gonna take their blankets." Like, <laughs> is it weird to sleep in another man's hair and warmth? Like, at that point, I was starting to lose hope and like thinking, "Yeah, I'm actually going to do that." Um, so because it's at this self-contained camp in the middle of fucking nowhere. Mm. Um, they did like a, a pub crawl kind of thing, and they, it was like the the camp staff, the Globetrotter staff, and the late night cabin staff um, members all put on like a party, and like people could vote for who's the best party. And Christian Graugart, you know, Mister Globetrotter himself, decided to import a wrestling ring, like a boxing ring kind of thing, into uh, one of the barn setups. And host a wrestling night and contacted a bunch of us, uh, hmm. myself included, and said, you know, will you wrestle on this card? You know, be as outlandish and weird as you want. And so we had one guy pretend to be Preet and he dressed up as a turtle and got, uh, you know, just lay oh, on the I floor and got... I saw that little clip, but I thought it was actually Preet in that turtle. <laughs> no, no, that's what makes it funny. It wasn't even Preet. And he's even on the poster <laughs> for it. Um, and then you had... Uh, so the one I did 
was obviously I'm in a room full of Americans, and I thought I'm going to be Lord Crissington Payne's rightful British heir of these bastard colonial United States. <laughs> and I walk out on, on to, into this uh, ring, and I've got a cape on, weirdly, and I, you know, pretend to hit Christian, steal his mic. He's a ring announcer, and I'm like, you know, the final words of my my half-removed grandmother, the Queen, were to go back to the United States and show them the error of their ways and that they truly wanted to be under British rule. Um, the amount of booing. It was... It, <laughs> like, I'm walking out... I'm surprised you haven't gone viral, Chris. <laughs> dude. Oh, I'll tell you something else that went viral. Um, <laughs> put a pin in that one. Uh, so... I'm getting booed relentlessly. And the guy I was supposed to fight is a, is a friend of mine who I see at the camps, Kyle. Um, he uh, he dressed up as like a mixture of Captain America and Anonymous. And he was like <laughs> going to come out the crowd as like their champion. And, uh, you know, we, we did a bit of like, you know, messing around in the ring prior to all this to see what we could do. Oh, just like and, actual wrestlers do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I like had a bit, like I realized I was, I was a bit stronger than he was. So I could like throw him around quite well. Um, but he gets in the ring. And he's got like a computer keyboard, like a wireless computer keyboard. And he smashes me with it, <laughs> and like computer keys just go flying everywhere. And and I, I I start like you know freaking out. I'm picking him up, screaming at the crowd, "Is this your champion?" And I'm throwing him like around the fucking. That. I saw that clip, <laughs> dude. It makes it still makes me laugh because like I pick him up and I just throw him the fuck away, and I'm not even looking at him. And he's like, got this expressionless look on his mask as his body goes flying, and uh, and then eventually, like, he clotheslines me, and I'm like super theatrical. I go flying in the air, and then he uh, he people's elbows me and pins me to the screams of USA. And yeah. uh, what makes it funnier is like, weed is legal in Maine, right? Okay. So I we you know, we stopped off at a dispensary on the way to the camp. I am high as shit throughout this entire <laughs> thing. Like I've had edibles and. I forgot that the party was on this night. Like, I thought, you know, day one, you know, I've done a bit of rolling. It'd be nice to relax. And then Christian's like, yo, you know, you're still good for meeting up and in, in, in doing the camp party. I was like, I thought it was the last night. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had way too many edibles at this point. And now I'm getting into a wrestling ring in front of a lot of drunk Americans screaming I'm their rightful heir and getting hit by a guy who's dressed up as a mixture of Captain American Anonymous smacking me with a keyboard. Um <laughs> and that's how the week started like wow. it only went only went downhill <laughs> um yeah it was a it was kind of funny as well in the um at one point in the camp like because on the last night there was like a dodgeball game we were playing yeah of like usa versus the world um and uh i was on uh, christian comes to me and goes uh you know we'd be on team europe and i was like uh, yeah sure uh, I wasn't you know I, I'm fine with that and he, he says yeah we can't you know you met Irene she was there as well and she, he, he's like yeah we can't take Irene because she's she's already had some drugs and she's not available and I'm looking at him like yeah I had edibles like an hour ago like they haven't kicked in yet but they very much will by the time we get on <laughs> so I'm like yeah sure we're good um, and I remember like you know we, we're doing like uh like standing to you know pledge of allegiance or whatever to the national anthem, but he's like chosen "Dancing Queen" by ABBA as mm. the the anthem for Europe, and I just remember standing there just gripping onto this European Union flag, like tripping balls, listening <laughs> to "Dancing Queen," like saluting at the time. And I, I send that picture. I was like, "Yeah, I don't look well." Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a it was bookended yeah. bookended by by weird moments, shall we say? <laughs> So what's, um, uh, what's this other thing that that went uh, viral then? Oh, dude! So the previous camp that I went to in Austria in winter, yeah. Again, Christian thought it'd be funny to do an April Fool's prank where he promoted us all this globe of uh, black belts to rainbow belt. <laughs> um, and he said, "Don't mention it until I'm going to release an article on April first on April Fool's Day." And he releases the article, and like Reddit practically exploded. Like some people realized it was a joke, but like we had proper photos done, and I'm like, it's I think it's my my gear and my belt and like my face, are, like are the main like you know he's he's promoting. 
and like you know it died down since April. But apparently, news travels slower when you go south of the equator because okay. Brazil picked it up the other day and lost their fucking minds. Oh shit! And like, a, I, you know, I've been getting even even messages of people who you know aren't globetrotters, like you know, friends of in the jiu-jitsu community, and they're like messaging me like, "Yo, dude, like." There's this dude here screaming in Portuguese and he doesn't seem happy of you. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. Like, my career. Like, I guess I'm not going south of the border anymore. Um, oh, shit. Now you're cut off from that part of the world now, Chris. <laughs> dude. And I'm like, I get it. You know, it's it's kind of funny. Um, but if it's not on April Fool's Day, I guess you'd lose that part of the joke. Yeah. Um, unless you check the date of the article. And oh it's a joke joke. i'll have to send you like christian like messaged me like as well saying look this dude doesn't seem happy of you it's like pictures of me on there i'm like it's like just screaming in portuguese so i'm like oh no (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) it's just been one of those weeks unfortunately and you think that's we started off in amsterdam like and imagine it got weirder since amsterdam I'm kind of glad to be back back home and, and back at our club as of like well tomorrow today whatever it is yeah. um with a bit of you know more normal behavior normality yeah normality is what we're looking for oh I think that's yeah I might have to wait for this this uh, little cloud to blow over and uh to anyone in in the off chance that in Brazil who listens to this it is a joke uh <laughs> Although I may start wearing my rainbow belt, like so, if I turn up to class later with a gi on and a rainbow belt, you know why? Somebody's going, uh, somebody's going to shank you. It's setting fire that? to the rainforest right now. Who says Chris Burns from Stafford? <laughs> you see these, the pictures of me are like standing there, so proud with my they're, rainbow belt on. They're going to turn you into a meme now, Chris. <laughs> Again. <laughs> that happened like previously so like someone sent me a couple of years ago um so there used to be well there is there is it's gone a lot quieter these days um with with globetrotters they kind of adopt um like wayward orphaned clubs as it were yeah uh, it's how you know obviously i got all my, my my belts and what happens is at camps um you can you know if you haven't got a coach if you're kind of orphaned in that way you can you can ask globetrotters to uh like you know grade you as it were uh but it has to be unanimous across all the black belts there and when you've got 20 different instructors they all roll with you that week and they'll talk to you and get to know you and they all have to vote unanimously mm. to um to promote you and if one person disagrees and these are like you know all from different lineages etc and all have different standards if one person disagrees no belt doesn't happen but it got to the point where like people were trying like sweet christian a little bit it's like i don't like that like i don't want you to come just be my friend and buy me dinner just because you want me to like give a good word for your your promotion so you kind of left it to me because i'm an unlikable person um (laughs) no one's gonna buy me no one's gonna buy me dinner um (laughs) and so uh, there was one guy who, uh, you know, he was—he obviously deserved it. And one of the, it was one of the other camp uh, coaches was a jiu-jitsu brown belt. I was like, you know, keep, he wasn't there because of COVID. He was like, could you, you know, promote my student if you all agree? I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll do the honors. And we thought it would just be funny to wrap loads and loads of stripes around his belt. <laughs> so all the different black belts were coming up saying, like, he, you know, we think you're really good. Here's another stripe. Mm-hmm. It looked like a goddamn zebra by the end of it. Um <laughs> And that that picture went viral. It's like when you're the bestest student, and it, it's just a picture of his belt with like twenty stripes on it. Poor lad. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he looks so disheartened at the time. It was like you're all dicks. Life is not good enough to be a black belt. <laughs> <laughs> he was going from blue belt to purple belt, and he's there just like you're all assholes. <laughs> it was really good. Like it was easily a purple belt. It just we were dicking with him. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, oh, it's just uh, it's 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 going to be a weird, weird yeah, couple yeah. of weeks, I imagine, until this this calms down. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that's obviously since since I we last spoke on here, we've we've had a couple of guests, so I had to uh, make do <laughs> without you, as it were, because we've been 
uh, in different time zones most of the time and away from all this gear to record with. Um, I did one with Greg Sodas. Have you listened to it? No, not yet. That's on my list. I have to listen to that. I have to. I have to. Dude, I felt like a monkey compared to that yeah, man. That's why I have to listen to it. <laughs> I, I, I might, you know, it was pretty late at night as well because of the, the time difference. Um, I think we started recording about one in the morning for me. Uh, and I am so tired at this point. Uh, and listen to, I'm just staring at the screen, like watching the, the microphone move on the, on the recording. Mm-hmm. Just like, I, I, I am so stupid. Like, I feel like a fraud compared to this guy. Um, yeah, man's a genius, man. And stuff like he was saying at the time, like, is that kind of stuck with me. Um, yeah, it's, it's already changed how I roll. Like, so if anyone hasn't listened to that yet, and our numbers exploded from that one. Right? So if anyone hasn't listened to that, oh, my God, I don't know how you haven't. Please go listen to it. If this is your first episode you've ever heard of, rewind a bit. Go find the one with Greg and Rob as well. Rob Cole, I saw him in uh, in Maine last week. Uh, oh, yeah, he was the last. He was good. Like he was really good. Uh, obviously, we saw him last year, didn't we? Um, yeah. No, man. He's thing is like he's had such a, a long career as well in, yeah. in jujitsu. Like, he started at, uh, at Shamrocks. Yeah, mad story. <laughs> in the nineties, um, and yeah, he's like he's been all over the place. So it was really cool as well to like. Uh, hear how his teaching has developed and, and changed over the years from from all the different coaches he's been under and like what he's taken um like he's really kind of distilled it down like the efficiency of it mm. um but yeah both both podcasts like wow i'm i'm hopeful uh for a few more guests in the next few nice. weeks so there'll be uh lots of lots of really cool episodes coming out um <laughs> Oh, it feels like stuff's started to take off a little bit. <laughs> um, which is cool. Uh, anyone who's listened to this, if you've got any ideas of, of people you'd like uh, to to hear on here, uh, drop them uh, my way and uh, I'll, I'll get in contact. And uh, I'm always interested in speaking to people who've got unique views on, on jiu-jitsu and, and different ways of coaching. Um it was also like, you know, I taught these couple of classes at, at the camps and it, again, I just did the stand up stuff um, and got good reviews. Like people saying it's uh, different how we approach things. I'm really yeah. excited to see, like, obviously I'm seeing you tomorrow at class and I'm really excited to like go through this kind of new stuff from sodas with you. Yeah. Like the big one, the, again, I'm probably misinterpreting it completely because I just don't think I'm smart enough. Um, and he talked about control being, I'm going to have to make sure I, I murder this completely, uh, not being like the, necessarily the physical act like of just like obvious like control, but it being uh, either via time, space, or material. That alone has been bonkers. Mm. Um, so essentially, you know, what I've kind of interpreted it as, is the difference between space and material being material being like you know me having physical control over you like taking something from you like your arm or whatever yeah and space being the amount of room i like to operate in and that's been a really interesting thing as well because it actually kind of goes into what we've been doing recently with uh with some of charles's stuff and the pre-defensive postures in that the pre-defensive, uh, some of the, the criticisms or like, not criticisms, but uh, questions I've had regarding like running man and stuff like that are, yeah, I'm going to these places, but I'm still kind of getting crushed. Yeah. And it makes sense in that you're denying material control. Absolutely. Like I can't, you can't get grips on me when I'm in these defensive postures. But it's still allowing the other person spatial control because they're limiting the amount of room I can operate in. Yeah, I was like, that is really interesting. But then the same thing was happening with this like elbow frame, courtesy of Charles, and you know you can find that on BJJ Fanatics. Uh, anyone who's who's listening, uh, Charles and I did a, a joint DVD of Naki, by the way, um, Unstoppable Stand Ups. Uh, so 
since sharks came to our gym and was doing like this swim away that we've been, you know we've been doing since like moving away from someone using the frame that makes sense in that i'm still like you can deny someone's material control absolutely with the defensive postures and the elbow frame but if they're still moving on you they're denying you spatial control they're yeah. like taking the space away and swimming away and, and creating space for yourself is like a big part of the defense as it were and so it that all kind of suddenly like clicked for me like yeah you have to not just take your your arms out of the mouth of the alligator you've also got to create space between you and the alligator which yeah. then kind of goes back into this whole idea of being on top you are the person that controls space if you're on top like yeah you can get caught in material control people can get you in guard but you're the person who controls space and i was like that gives you then like you know if someone goes into running man okay i don't have your body but i'm still dictating where you can go yes um and so just keeping that idea in mind of like right i'm either taking material or spatial control of, of you um has really changed like the the intensity that i have on the roll mm. like i don't allow if i can't get one i go for the other and my, my understanding of time maybe is a bit is probably my weakest point uh and that's why i think right you know that's like dictating the pace of the fight like if you can dictate the speed as it were um you are the person in control of yeah. of a normal form of control which again really lends itself to being on top um and having your legs underneath you as it were uh and yeah that's been that's been a, a big way of interpreting a the defensive postures but also attacking like defensively i want to create space but also re- you know m- remove material control from the other person and whilst i'm attacking i want to take either or or both uh spatial and material control um and the other one again so cool talking to this guy uh it was on about kazushi and you know yeah fuck dan her for using it as a you know not fuck dan <laughs> her actually it was it was actually clever because the way he used it is like he doesn't say balance and like people can look at it as a like a you know semi-pretentious thing um but he made a really good point as again i i'm probably murdering this interpretation uh balance not just being like you know you push someone over they fall over they put their legs out or arms out or something balance but as in your physiological integrity as in like if you if you manipulate someone's arm like you know kimura-esque grip and take it out of its alignment you're affecting that person's like holistic balance like they can't do anything until they address that problem yeah um and so I liked that as well, as in always interrupting their balance, either the obvious balance or like their physiological integrity. Um, they're putting their neck out of alignment, their joints out of alignment. Um, I was like, damn, that's that's pretty clever as well. I like that. Um, and it, was, it actually made the, the elbow frame work better. And, um, you know, because he did say, you know, when you're moving away, they're moving with you. So when you stop, nothing's really changed yeah but if you affect their balance as you're moving you'll always get out so we started doing it while whilst you were away and i was here in the still in the uk before i went away again we started just interrupting people's balance before st- getting up like kicking their knee out or something yeah or like sweeping the leg like mildly before we stand up and that again just it made it just work better um mm. and so i like that idea of just putting it in jujitsu in general like just finding ways of like shoehorning it in. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna try that. I already seems like a good idea. <laughs> exactly, uh, dude. Like, I'm so excited to be back at class, and there's so much stuff to work on. Um, again, it's another like you know technique. Like, oh, here's a, a triangle. It's always just that broad idea, right? Okay, we're, we're trying to maintain. Essentially, you know, the drills are going to be maintain person on top maintain material and spatial control deny material control to the person person on the bottom well free yourself of material and spatial control um and that lends itself into everything we've kind of been working on really uh and again it was interesting rolling with with other people at the camp you know especially like blue belts and white belts and it kind of reinforced that idea again of not necessarily doing submissions early on like reframing i guess for everyone 
what uh fundamentals and foundation controls and stuff yeah exactly dominance like yeah. if you you know we said it before is if your um main goal is submission uh you'll throw away good good position for bad submissions but if your training and your sparring revolves around the idea of no, I'm going to maintain dominance over you, you're never really going to lose. I mean, you get, may get caught off like shit from the bottom, but if yeah. you keep the idea of like make, of denying material control from the other person, they can't get anything over you anyway. Like you just got good postural tightness, like denying you know it's essentially upright grilled chicken, upright running man. You're denying the back of your knee, denying your armpit space, and denying the back of your head. Yeah. Um, I think if you just keep doing that, it, it and that's like you know exact kind of mindset I had, you know, rolling with Raúl, is that I wasn't going to allow him material control over any part of my body whilst he was in his guard because I'm I'm going to get murdered. Mm. Um, and if I couldn't take material control away from him, I was taking spatial. I was just crowding him, and yeah. um. That's all I had conscious thoughts over. Like nothing kind of else in my head about what to do with jujitsu. Just create that idea incessantly. Um, I think it'd be interesting. Like it would be, I'll bring the camera tomorrow. And we'll record this idea. See how it goes. So uh, yeah. Anyone who again any anyone on Patreon that video will be on there and be good. Cool. To do, I'll, we'll do a breakdown of it. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like I felt stupid hearing those ideas and thinking 14 years man 14 years <laughs> and I'm still have no idea what the fuck I'm doing half the time <laughs> yeah um, it's a crazy sport man what uh, it was in, uh, also be interesting to talk about uh, so this weekend uh, we've got a local competition there's there's how many of our students like 18 I was just going to say we've got a competition we're preparing for with our guys there's about uh, across both our teams in Stoke and Stafford I think we've got about 20 plus guys <laughs> that's going to be nuts um, yeah. so what have you been going through for like competition prep uh, so in this last week we've been doing a lot of situational sparring from all different positions because I wanted the guys to get comfortable with being in some positions which they don't usually get to get in roles and then we've had uh, a lot of uh, situational targeted roles so uh, making sure the control and stuff you don't know like when you're just saying all that stuff I was like this is literally what we've been doing top guy got control dominance don't hunt the submission I want top slow pressure bottom guy I want that urgency to get up create space stand up and off balance but obviously you've uh, the way you've explained it now it kind of makes sense to me because I'm going to play with it as well <laughs> Exactly, like it's nice having it consciously yeah. there and going. I that need little, like little off balance, a little kick. It makes sense to me because I think that was missing because we yeah. were just backing away in different directions, which is okay. But then, if the top guy is still heavy on you, like you're saying that uh, they're taking that space away, even though they can't, they haven't got material control. You know what I mean? So yeah. it makes sense when you explain it like that. Yeah, and that was, it was one thing, like, especially. Because tomorrow's kind of like the main class for like finalizing competition prep. Yeah. Um. Just again reiterating those ideas, like and doing the drills to capitalize on that and and yeah. reinforce that. Um. Also, want to go through some of the the mental stuff for comp prep tomorrow. Yeah. Um. With regards to you know visualization and actually what that means. Um. Again, it's. It, uh, do you, uh, we went through it before your last super fight, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, about sitting down and like writing down what you wanted to accomplish in the fight, like yeah. almost like you know, looking at what some people have said in the past in regards to competition mindset is the, a lot of the anxiety I think comes from trying to control the unknown, and it's weird as well because you can kind of see it happening again with with some of the guys being worried about their weight. And I'm like, you, in the gym, you, like, you you will happily <laughs> fight someone 20, 30 pounds heavier than you. Different belts entirely, like two or three ranks higher. Yeah. And you will come out fighting like a scrappy animal, yet you're worrying about someone who's your weight and your rank 
in a competition. And I think it's trying to control variables, as in you're trying to take so many things under your control that you think, right, if I can control this, that I am the same weight as these people, maybe I've got a better shot. And that's what the anxiety can come from. Instead of just going, fuck it, I weigh this much, I better go into this category then. As long as you're like not on the bra- on the border, where you know, if you're kind of at the heavier end, you might have a big sandwich and, and fuck yourself up and, weigh- and miss weight. Um, again, I think it's, again, trying to control those variables. And you know, reading from what some NFL coaches have said in the past, like take things back under your control um, in that kind of like, visualization like what do you want to do in the fight don't think of it as in oh if he shoots i'll sprawl think of it more as i will do this to them and i think we went through that in your your previous super fight didn't we i was like not looking at very specific things like oh if he goes for this guard do this if he goes for this do this it was more like just keep in mind keep your hand fighting yeah keep your uh Keep upright, stay on top, keep control, uh, keep uh, keep control of their limbs, and um, it's just basically the fundamentals, wasn't it? And if you get the floor, exactly. <laughs> Again, like I don't understand. Then if these are fundamentals and these are the most important parts of grappling that it takes easy, easy to learn, long to master. What the fuck are advanced things? Do we need them? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, mate. It's, uh, I, it's massive, again, like speaking. Of, Speaking to other ca- people at the camp, like, oh, you've got this advanced class. I'm like, fuck, do you do an advanced class? <laughs> I, like, you wouldn't, you know, just redo the fundamentals day in, day out. I think it's easy as well. I mean, you can probably relate to this a little bit because of running your own team in Stoke for a while. Is It's easy, as a, especially as a junior coach or like a new coach or whatever, to get stuck in the habit of thinking you need to impress people like yeah. every session, like, Oh, here's a new setup, or here's a new finish, or here's a new pass, yeah. or something. Always something new cause, to try and uh, prove your worth, as it were. Mm. Um, instead of just going, no, we're going to do the same shit we did last week and the week before. Because this is the most important part. I know it seems stupid, um, but it's for a greater, greater cause, as it were. <laughs> and that feels like weird to do and if, uh, again reminds me of of like good boxing coaches as it were like uh ones who just call in and call out those same combinations day in day out they'll, they'll yeah. fix some of the, the the details that you may be getting wrong but it's the same combinations yeah um it's not like oh here's a new punch or here's a new combination i've figured out <laughs> here's a one two yeah. <laughs> It seems seems a bit silly of sometimes how we get stuck in this this pattern in jujitsu. Yeah, it's that whole dilemma, the whole teaching, the way we teach, but the way we compete, and then we're in the middle somewhere, and it's like, come on, man, fix it. I know. I think, but it's hard to sit down sometimes and probably think about why you do what you do. Yeah. Again, like it's it's funny that you know I don't drill. I haven't drilled in a long time. <laughs> um, and so it feel we- it feel weird then to then enforce drilling on someone else if like I haven't seen the need for it in in ages. Mm. <laughs> um, you know that's not how I have improved. So why must I do it to you? Mm. Strange. Oh well, it's okay. We're doing okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it'll be good to, again, we'll try and get a lot of footage from this weekend and we'll obviously do some breakdowns of it. Um, could go horribly wrong. Could yeah, be an could. entirely Could be the entirely wrong way of training and it was a fucking waste. Um, but also, it's something that, that Soda said. It might have said it on the recording. He might have said it in private to me, like, before or after. But he said something about Danaher. And he was like, you know... Um, Asking Danaher about, uh, you know, teaching and stuff like that, and how he hits the, the points and conclusions he does, he basically said, "Just be humble enough to fail." Yeah, uh, it's okay to fuck up uh, as long as you then look at what you did, be humble enough to do it. Yeah, and fix all out your mistakes. And speaking of him again, Danaher, <laughs> and we said this before we started recording. 
uh, he just put on Instagram not long ago. Again, I'm sure sure he's watching us. I'm sure <laughs> he is. Uh, I, I don't know. I, again, it was, I guess I said on the, the Mental Models podcast, which I'm sure he listens to. He saw I was on it and thought, you know, I need to listen to this guy. But he... <laughs> so I... <laughs> I did the the Mental Models podcast and some that Naki and I have been talking about for ages and I specifically talked about hand fighting on there. And, oops, that was a mistake. Got the phone too close to the microphone. Um, <laughs> and he said, so this is, like, again, this came out not long ago on Instagram. Mr. John Danaher. Control begins with grip. If you can, If you control an opponent's hands, wrists or elbows, he will find it very difficult to grip whilst you have grips on him. If you can get that initial advantage, it helps steer the rest of your engagement in your favour. Make a serious study of your initial contact. Don't just grip for the sake of gripping. Grip with a purpose and a direction. Get control of their hands, wrists or elbows, whilst denying them the same, and you'll always be off to a good start. Didn't we talk about the fucking pocket? And as soon as you enter the pocket, you should be hand-fighting. You should be taking your grips... And you know, two on ones, going wrist, elbow, hands, whatever, and that's that's where the fight is is won and lost. Because if you if you get through the pocket, if you get your grips, uh, that's the person who gets to then do the clinch and start their technique. Nobody wants to listen to us, Chris, because we're nobodies. <laughs> it's yes, he's right. And again, it was it was you know there's those issues that you you know I remember when you fought um, Shane Curtis. Yeah, I sat I sat with you after the fight and went, was it no? It wasn't Shane. It was one before that, wasn't it? It was the uh, the, the tournament you were at. Uh, British Open. Might have been yeah. Yeah, in the gi. Yeah, I, no, no, might have been no gi as well. But I looked at you. I, I spoke to you afterwards. It might be a different competition then. And I looked at you and said, "Where was your hand fighting?" You're like, yeah, yeah I forgot. Was, I was like, was that British uh, gi. Yeah, it's the most important part. And then you used it on Shane and completely shut his game down. And then you used it on that other guy, the role model's invitational. And... Right. Me, me. That was... Uh, hopefully that, that previous recording uh, has worked. Um, I guess we'll uh, we'll find out momentarily uh, if any of that was saved. Hopefully. I'll, anyone who's... who's if this has worked and you're still listening, uh, we had some sort of outage and uh, hopefully we've managed to, to stick these two recordings together to make it sound something resembling okay. Yeah, hopefully we can sort something out. I think it should be fine. Hopefully. Um, this is a good conversation, man. I know. Uh, Technology. I know. Well, well, we'll glue it together. Um it should work. Anyway, so, okay. We were talking about grip fighting. Yes, pockets. Yes, pockets. Um, we talked about uh, controlling. As soon as you enter that pocket, you have to be hand fighting. And it was it, that was one of the big changes that I remember you had a couple of super fights or tournaments. And, you know, I kind of looked at you and went, how's your hand fighting? And you came back in and uh, improved that part. And it, it changed. You were fighting and you... you broke a few people yeah <laughs> um, i think my biggest problem was uh, getting because i used to do it in training all the time but it was just transferring into the competition mindset and yeah obviously it took a few matches and stuff but when i got it through i was like yeah now we'll be fun and i think that was the interesting part of it was this this you know we had to have that conversation again the visualization is that it's not about talking about oh you know go for the triangle or something it's about you know because that'll come you know, if you've done a form of jiu-jitsu, you'd have to be reminded of that. It's, again, getting back to those f- clear fundamentals, like, you know, talking about the pocket, talking about uh, when you engage upon that person and doing um, hand fighting, you know, uh, every opportunity, uh, maintaining top, you know, being top and denying spatial control, etc. Um, you have to be reminded of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the part that has to be turned on. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Uh, Exactly. And it's... uh, 
Yeah, that's the that's the the I say the visualization part, and again, it's almost like you know it's something that I used to write down in, in my notes before I'd compete. Is like this is what I'm turning on in my game, like just focus on this, and everything else will kind of fall into place. Yeah, I remember when you set up some of your matches in the Easter corner, and you used to write your stuff down. I was like, yeah, interesting, interesting. Well, I didn't get to that time. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I think that's one thing I want to go through, just making sure everyone's kind of up to snuff on on that tomorrow. So making sure their visualization work and the relaxation work is kind of ready uh, to go in and uh, perform well at the weekend. Yeah, hopefully, man. I'm really looking forward to it. I was saying to someone earlier on today, I was like, I'm really looking forward to this Saturday, man. Got some good debutantes as well. It's gonna be a long day. Yeah. Um. Which isn't too bad. Uh, you know, tournaments are usually long days. And it's only a small local competition, I guess, but you know, it's, it's especially for a whole new team to be kind of coming out, you know, it's been a it's been a long year, shall we say. Uh, a whole new team to be coming out and trying something like this. It'd be a good uh time for some feedback on, on the train yeah. direction we've gone in. Could all I be wrong. Could, yeah, could all go wrong. Who knows? Who knows? Um I guess it's only one way to find out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you have to make sacrifices. Someone has to make sacrifices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was going to say, it was um, something that, again, like it was, it was mentioned at the camp, this, you know, talking about people, you know, fighting to be on top, et cetera. Um, I'd get questions off people who who say, well, "What if you're a smaller person?" Mm-hmm. Um, and still, I would say, "Why would you be on the bottom?" I don't. Oh yeah, I was just going to say, but then it's even more so important that you're not on the bottom. <laughs> well, I think Soda said it quite well. Again, I don't know if it was on the actual podcast itself or something that we said uh, in private afterwards. But it's a goddamn sport, and it's. Easy. I think it's been very easy in jujitsu. Uh, because we want to make money and support our gyms, etc., to kind of make it open and go, you know, oh yeah, jujitsu can work uh, for everyone against everyone. You know, it doesn't matter if you're wildly out of shape and and smaller, you can definitely beat someone who's like jacked and in shape. Like, yeah, okay, technique does come into sport. Obviously, yeah. you know, you could have a, a really fit, fast person is still going to lose against a professional footballer, but. You know, against two people of, of roughly equal skill, the more athletic person is going to win. Against two people of roughly equal skill, the bigger, stronger person is probably going to win. And trying to sell the idea that, no, 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 it's, it doesn't work like that. It's just a test of skill. Like, sorry, mm-hmm. sport. Um, I mean, sometimes skill, you know, does overcome physical disparities, but it's, it's it'd be wrong for us to, to lie otherwise. I agree. Um, and that's why you know competition is is the way it is. Is we're trying to um, uh, take out a lot of the the different um, variables, such as weight and and age and uh, gender and experience, to just try and boil it down to skill only, um, which is fair. But then when you get back into the gym again, it's like you could have someone who's small fighting someone who's giant. It's like yeah. I can't I can't lie to you. And mm-hmm. you know, if someone says to me, Oh, you know, how am I gonna get up against someone who's big? Like, how are you gonna do anything? Like if anything, I don't want to be someone to see someone who's big. If someone's outweighs me by over a hundred pounds, and all I have is my guard to hope for the best. And if they because if they pass my legs, I'm dead. How is that good advice? Yeah. <laughs> At least be on top. Because then if you get thrown on your back, then you can play your guard. But you should still fight to try and get on top and stay on top and float. It's like, again, like some people say, oh, how do you pin down someone who's like massive compared to you? Don't. <laughs> like, float on top of them. Why are you trying to pin them down? It's some sort of weird entitlement thing. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure you've probably heard this as well in the past of... And the old chestnut of, or what if you've, you know, what if you try to do a triangle against someone who's got giant shoulders and you've got oh, small yeah. legs? Don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Not everything that's supposed to work on everyone is, you know, the stupid I know. And when you break it down like that, it's like weird entitlement to it. Like, yeah, if it 
someone's got giant ass shoulders, don't. <laughs> like, pick your right game plan here. I mean, yeah. it was, it was, I, look, I look at how we've rolled in the past because, you know, you've got, I've got pretty long legs and you've got relatively shorter arms, like quite stocky short arms. And you're very, very quick at moving them. So there's no way I'm going to try and get on top and try and armbar you because I'm just going to go flying off into the fucking abyss. But you do have strong chunk and tree trunk-like legs. Great for me to wrap around and leg lock. So again, choose the game plan. Um, Now, if I went for a triangle on you, it's a high chance because, you again, you've got nice broad shoulders. You just go throw my legs off. I'm not going to try and triangle you. Um. Exactly. It's like choose the right game for the right job um, instead of thinking, nope, I am entitled to do whatever I want in this jiu-jitsu. Mm, no. No, you're not. You can learn everything, absolutely. Um, and if you're drilling against someone who is the wrong body type for you, well, that's, again, maybe a problem with drilling. Um, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> It's trying to then go up to a coach and then say, oh, fix this problem. Like, again, feels weirdly entitled. Like, we'd have a magic answer for those kind of things. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, like, you, you, you've chose the wrong person to drill with. You can't do it to that person because it's not the right body type to use that technique on. Uh, I don't know what you want to do. Like, I can't lie to you and go, well, this is how you do it against someone who's got a giant ass and, and try and fudge the technique a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> make something up on the fly. <laughs> That's how what most of it is. Like, uh, you you can do it if you adjust this angle here and and do this. Like, then they try it in sparring, they just get battered. Like, <laughs> 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 oh, you, you drill it more. <laughs> no, just uh, don't do it against that type of person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can see then the frustration, you know that. It feels weird that you know I'm trying to empathise here because I'm you know I'm I'm six three and ninety kilos. Um, trying to empathise uh, empathise with smaller people, um, but even I felt you know fought guys who are like 120 kilos and stuff. You know, a good 60 odd pounds bigger than me, and even yeah. I know like don't do that shit. Like mm-hmm. there was a guy who used to come to our gym years ago. He's got his his name was Zed, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> He's only got one letter for his name. Um, uh, we know quite a few people like that. Uh, and yeah. he was like, what, 30 stone? Yeah, something mad like that. Oof. What's that in pounds? Like over 400 pounds or something, isn't it? It's something it's bonkers. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and he was what, like 6'9"? Yeah, like, big boy. Dude dude was a tank. Um, and... Okay, yeah. I, you know, he's, and he could, what, bench 180? God knows me, but yeah. 200, he could bench 200, that was it. And you think, there's no way I'm going to be able to, to, like, oh, I can't triangle this giant. (laughs) Don't know why you're down there in the first place. And uh, sparring against him. There was no way I was going to let him get side control or anything. Why would I play on my back? Because if he's, pretty sure if I went for guarding him, he'd snap my hips. Yeah. <laughs> just completely like crack my pelvis in half. Um, why would I play guard? I'm going to be on top of of this gigantic human and hope yeah. for the best. If I lose, yeah. um, <laughs> it was actually quite funny. Is uh, <laughs> it was at the camp this past week? Uh, there was one guy I saw on the mats. Uh, called him out because he you know, was sparring, and yeah. was a big boy. He was, I think, he said he was about. Th- I think it was about 315 pounds. And I'm like, wow. oh, what about, I think I'm about 205 or something. So the guy outweighed me about over 100 pounds. Yeah. And he's, he's he's jacked as well. He's like strong as hell. And I look at him, I'm like, you've wrestled before as well, haven't you? He goes, yeah, I have quite a while. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Uh, and what belt are you? He goes, oh, brown belt. I was like, oh, God. Like, I've got a pretty good choke defense, but I thought he was just going to take my head clean off my shoulders. And just like yeah. pop it clean off, and I'm not looking at that thinking, "Oh, my technique sucks." I'm thinking, "Well, he's of a, of a similar skill level. He's a brown belt. He's wrestled for God knows how long, and he outweighs me by a hundred pounds." And I'm like, <laughs> of course, I'm going to get my head kicked in. Like yeah. I felt silly, like afterwards, like you know, well, maybe I shouldn't have called that guy out. But 
you know, he was, he was de- decent shape and strong as hell. Like, I'm not going to like sulk away afterwards. Go, like, it's I didn't have the um, <laughs> my <yeah>. triangles. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck? No, you just got smacked by around by a giant. Like, of course you're going to look fucking stupid. Exactly. Is that's how it's supposed to go? Is science one? Exactly. And it was also, I mean, I remember when you started because you know you you've lost a lot of weight since you started jujitsu, but yeah. you were like you know a big strong guy. And I remember because that was the part of the thing as well is that because you were one you know the strongest guys in the gym, uh, you could just go on top and just smash people. And so I had to like really up it on you quite a lot to kind of force you to develop a bottom game. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously, you always go try and fight to be on top because that's where you like you felt most comfortable but i would purposely try and like smash you in to, yeah, to force you to play on the bottom um in that between time while she lost your weight and maintained your strength which is really upsetting um, <laughs> so yeah i i purposely would uh you know up even though it was like you know what i was purple belt or brown belt at the time i'd purposely like up it on you just so yeah you'd learn, you had to learn to play guard Yep, 100%. Sorry. No, it's good. It's, uh, it's, it's a brilliant side effect. I'm a, I've got half decent guard, in my opinion. Yeah, but also, like, I didn't want to be underneath you. Like, I didn't want... I still maintain that now. I'm like, there's no <laughs> way I want... Because I know once you've passed my guard, you're just going to smash me up. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. Like, I want... <laughs> I'll fight tooth and nail if my back hits the floor to get back up again. <laughs> yeah, it's all wrestling these days, man. Exactly. And everyone keeps saying it. And everyone's saying, you know, be on top, fight to be on top, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's trying to beat that cult of the guard. Yeah. And that seems to be the biggest problem is trying to, like, convince people, like, you know, no, no, no. You, you... I know it's our, it's our thing, guard and submissions, but it's a backup plan. It's, it's a, you fucked up. And you've got one last thing you can do before it goes horrifically wrong and now you're on the bottom. Um, It makes all the sense in the world to not be there. Be the person on top. My simplest way of putting it to anyone is like, if punches were involved, would you want to be on the bottom? Answer me that question, yes or no. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And again, it, it... I know, like, there's obviously tactics when it comes to jiu-jitsu competition and stuff, but you know, especially at the lowest level, lower levels, um, it makes more sense to be the person on top. You get points for being on top. You don't get points for being on your back. The only way you get points for being on your back is if you get on top. Um, and then MMA, don't be the person on the bottom. You're going to get punched in a, in a self-defense situation. Definitely don't want to be on the floor. You're going to get worse happen to you. And so Jim Jiu-Jitsu seems to be the outlying uh, art here, where it's like, oh, no, no, you, you can be on the floor. It's okay. You can use your legs to try and triangle giant people. Like, no, the fuck up. Run away. <laughs> if you can't run away, get on top and smack them. Um, don't be underneath them. It's a bad game plan. And it's going down the traditional weird self-defense route again in the, like dim muck kind of thing. As in, like, you know, when people... <laughs> Do the death touch, um, and they uh, they're like, "Have you ever used a death touch?" No, obviously, but if I ever had to use it, I could definitely use it. But you've never <laughs> tried it. No. If I see red, if I see red, <laughs> exactly. Uh, it'd be like you know, almost like owning a gun and like, have you ever fired a gun? No. Do you know how to load it? No. <laughs> Right, but if my home got invaded, I definitely know how to use it. Fantastic, you're <laughs> dead. Um, and it's the exact same jiu-jitsu. Like, what's your entire jiu-jitsu game? Guard, cool. And if you're in a self-defense situation, yeah, I wouldn't play guard. I'd get up and run away. Right, but they'd have to. <laughs> they'd have to posture in your clothes, guard. And grab hold of your pants, and then and then you can maybe get up. Ain't gonna work like that, son. <laughs> You're gonna get your head kicked in. <laughs> I, 
it's a terrible i remember like watching some like old jiu-jitsu videos um of people who would uh like in street fights and they pull guard and like go for triangles and stuff and just see them get punched to death i'm like that's a terrible game plan don't do that um i mean mean, there's always like obviously we're not there's outliers aren't there we're not making a just a blanket statement that nothing it's not going to work in the street because it does happen where you do see people pull off triangles and stuff but yeah but it's outlying it's normally kids doing it yes you know and because from a fundamental point of view it is no you know it's it's hard to not hard to argue a point for being on the bottom you know what i mean exactly um by your own choice and the majority of reasons that people join jiu-jitsu in the first place, you know, they may want to get into MMA, they're looking for self-defense or fitness or a new hobby, etc. Um, but it feels like a lot of gym jiu-jitsu just teaches people wrong. Which is... And, and it's it's weird to talk about as well, like... Um, you know, we love it when we see stories of people like using jiu-jitsu as self-defense and, like, you know, kind of allows us to... Um, you know, say what we do works. Um, but then you, when you hear stories of it not working, it's like it's hard to, to the dissonance involved of going, yeah, I agree. Try to explain <laughs> it away. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we tie ourselves in knots with this thing. Um, hopefully, yeah, it's cut. I'm looking at this now. I'm hoping this recording has worked. Um, yeah. Watch out. This this whole thing, and I've really enjoyed this conversation. You watch out. This whole thing will be like failed. And <laughs> we'll have to like redo it tomorrow. Um, well, if anyone has been listening to this uh, and it has worked and we got all the way to the end, um, fantastic. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed this return of Reap of the Week. Uh, I said there's a, a lot happening over the next couple of days, so next week's episode, which should come out on time, but obviously we've just been a bit busy of jet lag yeah. and flying over different countries, uh, will be out on Tuesday. Uh, Monday for, for Patreon subscribers. Well, they always get it early as well. Um, a little private viewing, as it were. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, obviously we'll have the competition footage and we'll talk about the competition and talk about training and how we're going to adjust after the competition. If we adjust anything, if it's going right, we'll keep to it. Um, yeah. Or we'll we'll humbly say we were wrong. Uh, vent? Vent. Vent of why it went wrong. It's everyone else's fault, not ours. <laughs> we'll see if that's the case. Um, hopefully this is saved. Hopefully this is recorded. Otherwise it'll be a week without an episode and that sucks. Uh, but Thank you for staying up, dude. I know we started pretty late. And, no, uh, it's fine. Thank you very much. I don't know if I'm tired, awake, or jet-lagged. Um, I think you're all three, mate, combination. I went to the gym earlier, and I was like, yeah, let's go hit this hard. And I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I did 20, 20 minutes of like hard like cardio. I thought I was dying. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're tired, I'm, everything, combination of three. I'm I'm happy getting back into the gym after a bit of a layoff. And that's the other thing as well. I know we're almost calling into the episode. That's psych. Um, <laughs> since we started doing this style of grappling, I've had to get back in the gym. Like yeah. it's forced my hand. Like before I could kind of coast a little bit and, um, you know, it, when it was... Technique versus technique, I was always going to win. But now people are like being more athletic and stronger with their jujitsu. They're start, it's a stronger style and I'm under more stress yeah. from everyone. Technique wasn't working anymore. I was getting moided, and I was like, "Crap! I'm going to have to up my goddamn cardio and up my training." Yeah, and- same. Well, I did the conditioning anyway, but I have had to feel where before it was. I would probably coast and think, "Oh, I might." Skip a conditioning session here or there. And I was like, nah, I need to get this in. Dude, I'm even looking at air bikes again going, hello, old enemy. (laughs) (laughs) I I fucking hated using those things. I'm back doing sprint work. And like, I stopped actively going to the gym a lot in like 2017. So it's been, been a good like five or six years since I've been like consistent. And... Instagram and TikTok have taken off in that time. 
and back when I used to go to the gym, it was it was mostly you know quiet and I could do my thing and you know people wouldn't wow. look a bit sideways at me at sprinting and on a treadmill and throwing weights around when I was off it. Now it's like these people look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like fuck off, kids. <laughs> get get back to your uh... and you can't look up and you just like feel bad like you're just looking down doing your thing and the gym gym culture's changed man um yeah i'm lucky in that regard because i've got a, the luxury of having a private gym so I don't i'm going really... to use a pure gym oh mate that's the last thing i want to do <laughs> i do my i'm having to do my sprint workout like five in the morning most days um oh you must get some looks mate <laughs> look at i do it when it's empty i walk in and there's like no one in there i'm like this is preferred um <laughs> just because and you know i went today and i was like i i use a, I even thought like because i went to the gym around about five six ish i thought that's peak time for douchebaggery i'm not even <laughs> gonna bother with pure gym i went to a leisure center instead just because i hope to be quieter yeah um if you are one of those people who do use a gym at like that time uh sorry for insulting you but i can't I can't, I can't deal with kids on weights, man. I know I must have been one at some point, but I'm old and bitter now. <laughs> so yeah, it was a <sighs> world's changed. Anyway, we were calling an end to this just to see if it's actually bloody worked. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyone who's listened, thank you, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow, Naki, and see everyone else uh, next week. See y'all soon. See you, dude. In a bit, man.